Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. So you come over there. We are flipping the script here from week seven to week eight already. It's already time to look at the rankings and pickups there. So check out the site for all that, as well as uh, the game picks that will be up later on Tuesday there. So check that out. And as we do here on Tuesdays on Lockdown Fantasy Football, it's Pickup Tuesday, the waiver wire work that uh, we need to look at here. And before we dive into that, we'll look quickly at the game on Monday Night Football where the Eagles go to 6-1, 34-24 over the Redskins. The takeaways here is that Carson Wentz is very good. Well, you already knew that if you were playing him, but He's a guy, now, we had to see a little bit more evidence to to really trust him as an every week starter. I think we got it. 268 yards, four TDs. Had the pick early, was sacked three times, but you don't care when he had 63 rushing yards to go with that. So basically a bonus TD, career high for him. Had an amazing run where he was almost stopped by about 17 Redskins and pulled out of there to uh, just get a key first down in that game. So he was just on fire. He spread the ball around as he usually does. Zach Ertz continues to be studly. 89 receiving yards on five catches. Cut all of his targets. Had a TD. Mac Hollins, a long ball, 64 yards for a TD. Nelson Aguilar, a short TD. Corey Clement, a nice tiptoe TD there coming out of the backfield. So the one disappointing thing was Alshon Jeffrey. And it's not that Jeffrey isn't helpful for this Eagles offense. He is because he draws a lot of attention downfield, and that's really helped Wentz open things up and uh, find other guys. But for owners of Jeffrey, that's very frustrating to see that happen where he's not going to force the ball to Jeffrey like a young quarterback typically would. He's not treating him like that. Zach Ertz is his number one security blanket. Aguilar is the guy he trusts most in scoring position. So Jeffrey's really faded behind Ertz and Aguilar in the pecking order here. And he's not necessarily a guy you have to start every week now. I think he's a wide receiver three at best based on his usage and consistency in this offense. Big blow there losing Jason Peters. But Carson Wentz still can have some uh, strong value here because his mobility we know that he played through having Lane Johnson hurt at right tackle, just as big of a loss there for one game. It's going to be hard with Peters gone, but I think Wentz is just that good right now. And this is a team that necessarily can't run the ball very good. well. You look at uh, him being the leading rusher. You had Wendell Smallwood and Neglair Blunt 
combined for 54 yards. And this is a game in which the Eagles were leading for most of it. So this is a big, big uh, thing for Wentz where the defense is going to dominate. He's going to throw and they're going to be aggressive about it. And that's a good sign to see. The defense uh, came through with this with four sacks and interception of Cousins. Uh, Give a few points there in the end. Cousins, again, we thought would be a strong play. He was 303 yards, three TDs, interception. So he's going to rack up the garbage yard. Again, another team that absolutely cannot run. Other than Chris Thompson, seven for 38 here rushing. I mean, Kirk Cousins is next. Rob Kelly's return did nothing to help this rushing attack, and then the game got out of hand. So it's going to be in the hands of Kirk Cousins a lot. Another one-dimensional offense here. Let's develop Chris Thompson, the extension of the running game, so to speak. He scores again. He's just been a machine doing everything they need out of the backfield when nothing else is working. Jordan Reed, it was good to see him come back to fantasy relevance and explosion here. Two TDs, caught eight of 10 targets, team high 10 targets, 64. And those two scores, Vernon Davis was still involved, but part of this is the fact that Jamison Crowder continues to be a a disappearing target here. And then Terrell Pryor benched for Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson could have had a better game, three for 39, five targets, but Doxson is now the starting receiver. But what it really means is that Davis and Reed are really going to be the go-to guys along with Thompson for Kirk Cousins. And that's what we kind of seen develop in this game. But the running game officially in Washington, I think you can uh, check off. Don't try to force Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ryan, none of this is working here for Washington. Now, we dive into what we have for week eight on the waiver wire, and you look at the the quarterbacks are going to be a bit of an issue here with six teams on a bye this week, so including uh, the two teams that played in London, the Cardinals and Rams, the Titans with uh, Marcus Mariota playing, the Jaguars with uh, Leonard Fournette, are not playing among the notables here. So you're going to have to maybe make some uh, concessions in your lineup and find some guys that can play. And we'll start this week, as we always do, with the running backs. And we'll go to Indianapolis with Marlon Mack. I think the writing is on the wall here with Frank Gore. No more Robert Turbin. If Mack is still available in your leagues, maybe he is because he's kind of like flashed all over the place and uh, hasn't done enough with the workload i think it's a great time to make sure you pick him up i think the change comes here where mac becomes the guy that they give the ball to more he can just do so much in the open field good outlet here there for the colts with a lot of struggling things in their offense so mac the receiving skills alone will make him valuable but uh, you definitely go with that now with the raiders backs that's the question for this week with no marshawn lynch they're playing a Pretty tough team there defensively in the Bills. So with no Marshawn Lynch, who wasn't effective anyway, it's going to be hard to know who to play, DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard. But I think the game flow is going to more favor Richard. I think I would go that way if I'm going to pick between these two backs. I know Washington scored last week, but their production was rather similar yardage-wise. Richard and a PPR, Richard and a PPR for a while. Richard, Richard, potato, potato. But... Either way, PPR standard, I like Richard this week more than uh, Washington just because I think he can bring more dimensions to that Raiders offense that really needs help and really is relying a lot on the passing game with Derek Carr. So 
Washington, just looking at this matchup, if you're going short-term, I mean, Lynch could really lose his job in the longer term, and Washington could step into that. But in the short term, with the suspension against uh, the Bills here for that ejection, I, th- I think I go, Richard, on the priority a little higher than Washington. Another guy that you have to look at is Wendell Smallwood of the Eagles. Monday night, he returned from his uh, knee injury, looked pretty good. And LeGarrette Blunt didn't. So at some point, they're going to have to get the running game going. Corey Clement is the one who had the touchdown. So it could be a mix that is uh, hard to trust there with the backfield committee. But if you're going to start to look at one guy, they've liked Smallwood a lot. He gives them the most versatility, putting him out there versus uh, the other guys. So I think that could be a guy that develops a little bit more. Now Latavius Murray... He's on the radar for sure with the Jarek McKinnon uh, struggle there against Baltimore and Murray started to explode there. They are playing the Browns this week, but remember the Browns have been very good uh, against the run and they really shut down the other Murray, DeMarco, last week and Derrick Henry for that matter. So Latavius Murray, everyone's going to be on him kind of like they were right when Dalvin Cook went down then McKinnon exploded. So be careful. Just Murray's a limited guy. He's just a straight ahead runner. Took advantage of a Baltimore run defense that's been terrible between the tackles. So I think that's a danger alert in going after Murray too hard this week when there are better options. Now, the Patriots' backfield continues to be a mess, but Deion Lewis is still the guy you trust most. I know James White did score against the Falcons, but Deion Lewis is getting the regular touches, and we know that he can be a pretty good regular running back as well as receiver. With White there, he's not going to do much receiving, but Lewis is still the guy Probably has passed Mike Gilsley as the so-called, quote, power back there in New England. Still a very frustrating situation that you like to avoid overall. And then Cowboys, another chance to stash either uh, Darren McFadden or Alfred Morris. With Ezekiel Elliott staving off suspension for one more week here at least, he won't have his hearing until Monday. That was the breaking news coming out of the weekend. So Ezekiel Elliott, after his big game against San Francisco, will get to run on Washington but uh, McFadden Morris, I think that's coming, and it's good to have a share that. And I think Rod Smith is also, if you're in a deeper league, look at him as an option because when they had uh, garbage time duty, it was interesting to see that Smith got in there with Morris as well. So keep that in mind that Smith cannot be forgotten in this mix and could have some value there as well. Now we move on to uh, wide receivers this week, and I mentioned that in a development that you have to – where be aware of is that Pryor was benched. Terrell Pryor, big free agent signing for the Redskins. That's why nobody really wanted him beyond a one-year deal. They're already regretting that Doxson is going to play more. So at some point with the tight ends doing well there, it's going to open things up for Doxson. The matchup against the Cowboys is excellent this week. So maybe a good chance for Doxson to get back in the end zone, make some plays downfield. So definitely a guy that you're picking up this week. Now, with the Lions situation, Golden Tate is probably going to miss the Pittsburgh game. So, I think if you had to pick between Kenny Galladay and TJ Jones as your number two receiver there with Marvin Jones, I think I'm going Galladay. He's got the bye week to uh, really heal up from the injury that was bothering him, kept him inactive. So, Galladay, we know, has got better upside than Jones, and that's how it would go. It could be a bit of a heavy volume passing game there for the Lions as uh, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers coming to town. So if I were to say one of those guys, I'd go with Galladay over Jones. 
there. Jones is just a limited as a slot receiver. While Galladay can line up in a few more places. We know from week one, way back when, when he exploded, that he can be a big factor in a matchup like this when Marvin Jones is going to have a tougher time getting open downfield. That same game, you look at Juju Smith-Schuster. He should be owned everywhere at this point. Uh, 10 team leagues, maybe not, but 12 and 14 for sure. He's clearly the number two there behind Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Really, it's been a lot of Bell, a lot of Brown, not much anybody else, but Smith Schuster is the next option there. And an offense that's going to get going here, especially as it frees itself more and more of our Martavis Bryan and the headache that he's caused. I think you're going to have Smith Schuster there be more and more involved as we go forward because he was a good slot receiver and kind of can play like a tight end as well with his uh, size and possession ability. Another guy that we look at is Kenny Stills and it's a little bit of an asterisk here because there's a chance that Devontae Parker could return here as early as Thursday against the Ravens but if he's out we know that Stills steps in and has a big role Game flow, I don't think this is going to be as an exciting game in terms of a back-and-forth scoring. I think it's a good chance for the Dolphins to grind it out and finally get JGI into the end zone with the power running game. But uh, still steps into a tough matchup. Like I said, the Ravens' secondary is kind of tough on the outside. I think it's a better game overall for uh, Jarvis Landry again to eat up targets and uh, production there in the middle but stills is worth it if parker is looking like on the short week he's out it's definitely a guy that you can put in your lineup this might be the last call for cooper cup the rams receiver it's a bye week so he might have been dropped or out there but he's to me is still the best rams receiving option and robert woods has been coming on of late but cup is the guy that gets the looks in the end zone as well a couple weeks ago i remember against the seahawks he had a chance for the winning touchdown couldn't come through there so He's the guy that uh, Goff looks most in scoring position there, and that's what gives him the value over Woods right now in that pecking order for the Rams ahead of uh, Sammy Watkins. Another guy that uh, he's on track to return that uh, fancy owners have been waiting to see what he can do is Corey Davis for the Titans. Uh, He's, again, probably not going to be helpful quite yet, especially with them on a bye, but he can definitely be valuable as soon as they come back. They need some receiving spark there. With Delaney Walker banged up, Richard Matthews kind of slowing down, Eric Decker not totally there. Corey Davis has a big opportunity to get going. And if you're going a little bit deeper, I think you have to look at the Jaguars' options. They're becoming more relevant here with Marquise Lee and Alan Hearns and Dede Westbrook for deeper league speculation. It's worth it. The Jaguars are starting to throw pretty well. And uh, again, a team on the bye, that's not going to help you. But sometimes those are the easy stashes to make with guys like Lee and Davis. And uh, you have to look at Jordan Matthews in this matchup for a streaming potential against the Raiders. He is their number one receiver by default. Didn't have a very good game. It was a tight end heavy game there for Taylor. But the matchups are so good there against the Raiders that Matthews comes a streaming option for sure. And then... You look at Brandon LaFell, a guy that has scored against the Steelers to get the Colts this week. LaFell is clearly entrenched there as the number two with uh, John Ross battling a knee injury. Tyler Boyd out of the lineup. Bengals need to throw more to that number two. And uh, LaFell is not a bad streaming, especially against the Colts secondary there. 
Now we move on to uh, quarterbacks, and uh, there's some good streaming options. I mentioned LaFell versus the Colts, and you can look at Andy Dalton versus the Colts. We know that he eats up overmatched opponents at home. He did that there against Cleveland on the road. But uh, you look at Andy Dalton, if he gets a good good matchup at home, usually in the non-primetime window, he's going to deliver. And this is a week for that for sure. I mentioned Jordan Matthews having a good matchup against the Raiders. I like Tyrod Taylor again to keep it hot this week. Very solid game against a bad Bucks pass defense. So expect that similar results to happen here for Taylor that you can keep in for another week. Case Keenum, I know Marcus Merritt didn't take advantage of the Browns secondary. If Jason McCourty's out and Stephon Diggs returns here, that would be a big swing back to Keenum being very productive in London. We know we've seen a lot of blowouts in London. If I was going to bet the one team that's going to show up in London this time and totally disappear on the other side, it would be the Vikings showing up and the Broncos or the Browns not doing anything. And we know the Browns, even on our shores, don't do anything in the I think Keenum can really pick them apart. Josh McCown could be in a bit of a shootout there against the Falcons uh, this week. He's playing at home. He's coming off a three TD game. So very good streaming option again this week. So not bad. Those four guys that you can really look at, not just the streaming, but very good value DFS plays here for you this week. There's no reason to pay too much for a quarterback when you have those options available to you. Now we look at... uh, Tight end, and again, it ties it ties back to all these uh, same guys. Tyler Croft, Colts just give up a lot to tight ends. I think Croft could usually score a short touchdown, a la Mercedes Lewis did last week. I think you have to start looking in that uh, Bills matchup with the uh, Nick O'Leary being a factor. I think he's still the more go-to tight end. He had the two big plays versus Logan Thomas, who only had one catch for that TD. I think it's still going to be Nick O'Leary being the top tight end. So. I think he can be very useful for you, especially in a standard league. Jared Cook, back in good graces of uh, Derek Carr, that offense, had a 100-yard game against the Chiefs. So if, if someone has likely dropped him, I think he's a guy that you can pick up there against the Bills, who did give up two touchdowns to O.J. Howard last week, and a good game to Cameron Braid. So it could be a good spot here for Jared Cook. Again, and then you look at uh, another tight end, Jack Doyle, the Bengals can be vulnerable to that position a little bit. So Doyle's, again, with Marlon Mack, he, him and Doyle are the safest source of offense. T.Y. Hilton is carping a little bit, but it's got to be Jacoby Brissett getting the ball in his hands quickly, and Mack and Doyle allow that uh, for uh, sure. And then uh, Vernon Davis, as I mentioned uh, with their Monday night recap, that he's right up there with Reed getting involved. And it's more of a two-tight end offense going on for Washington first. So it's the tight ends are going to make everything happen for the wideouts and open things up for Doxon. So Davis and Doxon could have some very nice games as uh, the Cowboys put their attention, no doubt, on Jordan Reed this week. And finally, we just have a ton of good streaming options for defense. Start with the Bengals against the Colts at home. you got to like that. you got to love the Saints Again, for third straight week. They're probably owned now after what they did against Detroit. I'm sorry, against Detroit. And then with uh, what they also did against Green Bay last week, that you look at uh, Lion, the, the Saints having value for third consecutive week against the Bears at home. So they may not be as easily available. Atlanta, after they played New England last week, probably are available. And uh, 
get the Jets on the road so they have some chances to make plays. This defense is playing very well, even though the offense is kind of underachieving there for the Falcons. So a lot of good streaming options everywhere, especially quarterback and uh, defense. And I think they line up with the very similar games going on here for those values. So there you have it. There's another edition of Pickup Tuesday in the books as we look at the best options for you to help your team in week eight and beyond at uh, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, and defense. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time for a Matchup Wednesday where we break down all the week eight games. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17